coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa. This is The Weekly Show. Once again, I am your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined by my co-host, Handsome Jamil Hussan. How's it going, Jamil? Boy, man, I'm glad to hear that voice of, uh, of the man once again. Uh, very glad to be back. Uh, I've spent a long time dealing with various technical issues, uh, the universe conspiring to keep me from podcasting, but it feels so good to be back here. Uh, yeah, we got two thirds of the usual trio. Jeremiah is too busy for us today. so Yeah, I was really hoping uh, Jeremiah would be here too, so we could have the, the true crew reunited, but looks like that's going to have to wait. He's got some school stuff cooking, but uh, hopefully that just means that uh, you and I can really do a, a deep dive into some of these matchups. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I, I I think I've picked the perfect time to come back. We've uh, got one regular season week in the books for the, the 2018 FlexFox Fantasy Federation season. Uh, and there have been a, a lot of really interesting results this first week. There's definitely some good material to jump into here. Oh, yeah. Definitely lots to talk about. Crazy week one and lot recent uh, waves happening actually on the trade activity if we could talk about that later so oh we're definitely going to get into that too uh first let's look though at the the results from the week that did happen week one of the flex fox fantasy federation season and we're going to start with what i consider to be the uh the matchup of the week it wasn't the closest in the end uh but we did have a very interesting one that was fun to watch up until the very end between mike kaminsky and the illuminati and garth newton and his trades school uh, it was a back-and-forth seesaw battle. Uh, it came down to the, the last day. But in the end, despite taking a 50-point penalty, Kaminsky pulled out a victory uh, with 325.6 points to 310.8 for Garth Newton. Uh, Jamil, any thoughts right off the bat about this one? Uh, man, I, I don't know. Kaminsky's a, he's a brother and all, but I, I expected him in Kaminsky fashion to... Uh, you know, hopefully take the minus 50 to heart and actually get penalized. But he actually pulled this one out. I don't know how, but he did. Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it underscores the strength of his team that he could deal with that 50 points uh, and still make a comeback. Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of talent on his team. He's made a lot of trades. So some of that talent that was there in week one uh, has since moved on. But especially in his pitching, he just had such a, a robust performance from his crew this week. Uh, Darvish, uh, Kershaw both putting up big starting totals. So uh, that's definitely uh, something that he'll want to continue as the season rolls on. Yeah, um, Garden Rune, though, he made it close. Um, impressive performance by uh, Patrick Corbin, looking like the uh, Corbin of old. So mm-hmm. that's a good sign for him there. I think a lot of people maybe have overlooked Garth Newton's team a little bit. Uh, he does have some real talented guys on his team. Uh there's there's a, a lot to be excited about, frankly, when you look at his roster. There are some real bright spots. Uh, sure, he's got some gaps, but a lot of teams do at this point. And, you know, obviously not good enough to win this week. But if he can keep up these 300-point week performances in the, the regular short weeks, then uh, I think that bodes well for his chances this year. Yeah. And you know, you know the reasoning? What's his reasoning behind his name? Trade school. What the heck is that? <laughs> Uh, I see. I'm not sure. Uh, I assume it's something about about trades, his his trading abilities, taking other owners to school. But uh, he'd he'd <laughs> have to explain it more thoroughly, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, true. 
so we'll continue with looking at uh, some week one matchups. We had another very close battle that was interestingly also affected by those uh, illegal pickup penalties uh, in the matchup between Ash and the Moneyballers and Aiden and his From, from Skaggs to Gritches team. Uh, pretty good name there by Aiden. Uh, Ash, of course, did take a 25-point penalty, but also still won uh, 278.7 to 274.8 for Aiden. Uh, another matchup that came down to the final Sunday uh, before it was all sorted out. Uh, Jamil, what are what are your thoughts about each of these teams in the early going? Didn't really uh, realize it was a four-point difference, but this again, Ash, you know, showing his managerial... Um, liabilities taking that penalty i was hoping you know he would kind of like kaminsky kind of take the l and le- kind of learn from it but he still pulled it out of his ass but but i feel like this is more speaking of aiden's team like i don't know did he you can remind me nick did he make the playoffs last year aiden i think he did right uh i think he did i i couldn't say for sure offhand yeah just like i don't know i don't know even that was just a miracle, and I don't think that's a miracle he can repeat this year. It's, his just, team is just really underwhelming, and no one really eye-popping or you know, anybody that's going to move the shift the table name-wise. So I'm not surprised that he, took, he, he lost to Ash here. Yeah, I mean, from Ash's perspective, obviously he did well, especially considering he only got nine starts in out of a, a possible 11 in this extended week. Uh, but he's he's got some uh, good good assets out there, especially on pitching Jose Barrios and uh, Jaime Garcia, especially looking like found gold for him. Uh, so hopefully Ash is able to ride them for the, the time being. Aiden has had some problems with uh, injuries so far this season his pitching staff is not what it would be normally but you're right he doesn't exactly have the the name brand players that you'd expect or the the sort of look of a a playoff contending team right now so he's gonna have to really evaluate that and see what what moves he can make to maybe shape up his team a little bit yeah just looking at his roster right now it's it's tough to to see how he made the postseason, like I guess he, you know, like luck came into it, and he had was uh, he ended the season a little bit of a hot streak, but other than Conforto, really, and maybe Tommy Pham, nothing really, like you said, that you know, kind of impresses you. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's he's relying pretty heavily on Carlos Santana and Adrian Beltre, who are two guys who are not exactly in the prime of their career anymore. So, uh, for mm-hmm. for Aiden, like I I have. Uh, you know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. Uh, a lot of these guys who are, you know, potential breakout stars might not have the name recognition now, or, uh, you know, we might look back and say, how did we overlook this guy at the end of the season? But right now, I just think that he's got a, a roster that's in need of more direction. And if he wants to be serious and compete this season, then um, maybe some changes to make. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so as we continue our swing around week one in the the FlexBox Fantasy Federation. Uh, I think we can take a look at your matchup, Jamil. Uh, you had a, a tangle with Chris Kennedy. Uh, uh, an interesting one to start off the season. Uh, and Chris Kennedy, one of the real surprises out here in week one, uh, putting up a grand total of 382.8 points, uh, enough to see off your 321.3 points. Uh, he even added a, a little disrespect in the... Uh, the end of the the matchup by uh, doing a mass benching. So uh, I mean, what's your take on your matchup, Jamil? What what went wrong for you? This was like honestly, like I don't 
I wasn't under uh, underestimating Chris at all. I thought this was anybody's uh, matchup to win. I just didn't think he would completely dominate me the way he did. Uh, you, you guys probably know that I was in Cuba for the maybe first half, first couple of games of the season, and and then I look once in a while, and he was totally just killing it. And I actually tied. I actually came up close to tying it on the Monday. And then Tuesday, I ran into Mr. Gregorius, who put up like a crazy number. I think like three, two home runs, eight RBIs that game. And I'm looking at right now, he scored 55 points in our matchup. And nobody scored more than that besides Bryce Harper. So Chris Kennedy, Chris, I'm calling him Chris Underrated Kennedy mm. right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that seems to be an apt description. I mean, I feel like ahead of this season, there were a couple of teams that were talked about as a uh, uh, real potential teams to to jump up in the league, and uh, you know, was Jatish going to be the breakout candidate? Is uh, is is Stads going to be able to take his unique position and turn that into a winning team? Uh, and Chris, I think, is a guy who was overlooked in a lot of ways, but based on these early results, you've got to think that he's got a, a lot of potential to do some damage this season. Uh, like you said, Gregorius is looking like a, a stud right now. Freddie Freeman down in Atlanta doing well, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long he can let this ride for. Uh, not not to give away too much. If you haven't read the power rankings, I did the guest commentary this week, so be sure to check those out. But uh, oh. I did say that I think Chris Kennedy might have stolen a little voodoo magic from RKR in the offseason. So that, that could be wow. a, a storyline to follow <laughs> this year. It's actually funny you mentioned that because I was just going to name Chris Kennedy the 2018 RKR voodoo magic team. Uh, so well, there you go. <laughs> I can see that. In- yeah. <laughs> and like, just to l- look at his totals, I think if he didn't, you know, pull that ultimate disrespect on the Sunday, he could have easily been the second or third highest scoring team of the week behind um, you and um, Adam here. So man, like all I got, I can do is tip in my hat because that was an impressive week that he had. Uh, yeah, no kidding. A, a big way to start the season. <laughs> Uh, but obviously, since we have you on the podcast, Jamil, I got to ask, like, from your point of view, are you going to change anything with your team? Are you looking to make deals now? Uh, how are you going to try and bounce back from this loss? Um, I'm not going to jump the gun after one week. I feel like, like I said, it was anybody's matchup to win. And I'm always looking to make deals to improve my team. But uh, maybe a couple of uh, bad hitting performances here and there. But I, I expect the guys I have to kind of bounce back within the weeks. Not too worried. It's week one. I, you know, like knowing my team throughout the years, I always start off usually like this. So not too worried. Yeah, that's fair. And 321, still a pretty good point total overall. Uh, Definitely some other teams out there you could have beat with that. So uh, I I respect that commitment Mm -hmm. to staying the course, uh, seeing what happens in the next coming weeks. And uh, yeah, hopefully you get a, a little good luck heading your way. And just the last thing to mention about Chris, because uh, your former, where your previous podcast hosts forgot to mention, didn't even realize that Chris Kennedy was actually the king of the jungle, winning the Jeffrey jungle last year. So maybe he has that momentum ahead uh, from last season to this year. So It's true. Uh, not, a, not a lot of respect going his way, but he is going for a, a back-to-back division championship. So uh, it'll be, yeah, interesting to track that and see if he's able to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while we're being self-serving here, I, I think it's fair to take a look at my matchup uh, from week one. Uh, and it's fair to say that I am pretty happy with my start to the season. Uh, put up a total of 416 points. 
379 for Jathish. So uh, a big divisional win there for me right out right out the gate. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy to talk uh, about myself all day, but Jamila, anything you want to jump <laughs> in with? Man, um, I had your matchup pretty much as the second matchup of the week behind uh, Ryan and Cam's matchup, but looks like the man of the mat, like how you used to be, 416 points. That's pretty impressive. Looks like Smokey's no fluke too, 40 points for the whole matchup. That's impressive. And Jatish uh, is kind of being looked as everyone as this real threat for this season. So it's a good statement win on your part, uh, giving him a decisive uh, victory. Uh, I don't know, how much, how many points did you win by? More than 50. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, honestly, I, I think going into the season – uh, it was fair to ask some questions of me uh, and to maybe cast a little bit of doubt on what I could do. But I think that this just shows, I mean, the the man is not dead. There are a couple of guys on my roster who didn't do so hot last season, but those guys are primed for bounce back years. Uh, I got a lot of talent. Uh, I've really built up my bullpen. I'm super happy with how my bullpen has done so far in the early going. Uh, that's going to be a huge points driver for me. Uh, and, you know, my team's only going to go as far as my starting pitchers are going to take me. Uh, I'm relying on a couple of guys who uh, maybe aren't the, the most consistent performers. But, you know, in week one, my rotation did deliver, aside from a, a bomb by Lance Lynn. Uh, there was some some good point performances overall, and it shows. Uh, the second highest point total in the league. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, Jathish, I think, uh, I, I still don't fully understand what people see in his team. I, I think he's maybe a better team that I've given him credit for in the past, but I don't see him as being a, a top seed. I don't see him as a division winner. I, he looks more like a guy that would maybe really? sneak in in one of the wild card slots. Uh, and especially if you look at his point total for the week, the only reason this matchup seems close is because he was able to put up a, a fair number of points in that final weekend. Uh, and if it had been a shorter matchup, this, this would have been a much larger margin of victory. So, I mean, Jathish, I guess, has a, something to prove in my eyes, at least, because I, I still don't see him being uh, that good of a team or that good of a manager, frankly. Oh, wow. Well, the manager part, I, don't, I won't argue about that, but I'm not going to lie to you, my co-host, but I, I think coming into this season, on paper, on paper, his team is kind of more daunting than yours. But, man, like, I... That's an interesting take, and I kind of agree in some ways that maybe he's being overhyped in, and his season kind of takes a turn. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. And I, I guess that's fair that on paper he's got a lot of talent. But if you look at his hitters, he doesn't exactly have guys who are renowned for his, their consistency. Uh, he's got a, a good rotation, but you know it doesn't take much for a guy to have a bad game or a couple guys to have a bad games in a week, and then you're suddenly sunk. So I don't know. I, I still think that unless he can start to uh, string together some consistent wins, he, he might struggle a little bit this year, despite what others have said. So I'm looking at your team right now. You got a couple of guys, kind of like in my position, where, who had breakout years, who have have question marks to see if they would repeat. But looks like Smoke off to a hot start once again. And how do you feel about uh, Mr. Avisil Garcia? I, I, I know him, obviously, because I traded him to you. You think he's going to repeat this year? I mean, I I think uh, he's a, an interesting uh, candidate. Uh, I do have Carlos Gonzalez around uh, at the moment for a reason in that I don't fully trust Garcia to, to stay healthy or to perform well for a whole year. 
uh, I think he he's definitely got the potential to do well, uh, and he's got the the two the tools to really succeed in the in the White Sox. But I think time is going to tell, and if he can uh, hit a little bit more consistency and uh, really be able to string together some multi hit games, that's going to really uh, pop his fantasy value. And so that's what I got to be hoping for right now is that he's able to take what he did last season. And, uh, even if he doesn't quite match those numbers, something similar in the, in the same ballpark is going to, uh, really help me out. Fair enough. Yeah. And your bullpen is looking like an underrated bullpen thus far. So, you know, not, not well-known names, but well enough, like guys, like I had Nicasio last year and Petit, who eats up a lot of innings. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, hopefully, I'm going to be able to write about this for the league website in the near future. But I think the pendulum has swung way too far. Uh, obviously, we had the bully pen era of the the league, uh, which was you know a, a situation where bullpen assets were uh, got to the point where they were vastly overrated. Now, I think we've swung a little bit too far in the other direction, and guys are completely ignoring their bullpens, just taking whatever pieces, not really thinking critically about how to optimize that. Uh, and so I was able to get some good deals in the uh, the early preseason at times. So uh, that's helped me shape up and uh, create a, a bullpen that I think is going to be able to put up hopefully a lot of strikeouts, eat up a lot of innings, and uh, get some points on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis. I respect that. I respect that. I like, I like an owner that cares about, you know, the, don't overlook their bullpen and kind of have that mindset that you have. So, like, I kind of based my draft um, this year – solely on revamping that bullpen of mine too so mm-hmm. i like i respect yeah, that no there's a definitely a a real gulf in terms of bullpen quality and there are some guys who have taken it really seriously and some guys not so much so hopefully uh we can have a, a good in-depth article about that coming soon uh but for now jamil we have to move on as much as i want to talk about myself all day uh and we we got to yeah. give credit where credit is due to uh to the highest point total in week 1 of the the season and that goes to the league namesake Mr. Flex Fox himself who put up an astonishing 462.6 points uh RKR yeah. starting the year off with a loss he only had 293.6 uh so not quite 300 points uh what can you say after a, a performance like that from Flex um you know, like coming off a loss in the finals, not really surprising. Putting up a crazy number to start the year, like kind of opposite of how he started last year. So this is a good big statement to the league that you know he's he's back and he's he's gonna stay at the top. And for RKR, it just I think this pretty much ends the era of the voodoo for him. So I'm not surprised he put up a low total. This is kind of where everybody. I don't know about you, but where everybody expects uh, his team to perform. And, yeah, Mr. Harper, mm-hmm. off to a crazy start. And his pitching has been elite. So Yeah, uh, he's riding, obviously, Harper. A uh, couple other hot bats there for flex. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, it's impressive when you can put up a big point total. You almost want to spread those points out over multiple weeks, uh, get your guys to get hot at different times. But uh, in Flex's case, I think he's got a, a wealth of talent, clearly. Uh, top to bottom, his team is as, as stacked as any yeah. in the league right now. So not surprising that he would be the one that would come out like this. Uh, I think your your reports on the death of RKR's voodoo magic might be a, a little premature. Uh, I think there's still a chance that he could string together a couple wins after this. Uh, and he does have some guys who are, are talented, obviously, and a, a lineup that should be able to produce maybe close to this level all season. So 
hopefully he's uh, able to get a couple wins after this. But Flex is the man of the hour. Uh, despite what certain power rankings might say, I'd, I'd say he's the man to beat in the league. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what Cam was on with those rankings, but the, the mad disrespect <laughs> putting his father ahead of me, so I don't know. It was right on. Right, right, right from the gates that our par rankings was kind of fishy, but yeah, I agree that Adams a team to beat. But he did uh, reports today. He did take a like a minor blow. Well, I don't know how you would take this, but Anthony Rizzo went on the disabled list. So let's see how he manages to replace Mister Rizzo. But like you said, like usually a team uh, would want to spread out their points, but I, I think for Adam, he doesn't care. He he knows he's capable of, uh, you know, repeating such a high total mm-hmm. every well, week. So. I mean, with Rizzo going on the DL, uh, it wasn't like he was producing at a, a high rate before this. So uh, I don't know how big of a blow that is. But also it's interesting to note, uh, I mean, we're in the, the positional requirements era of the league now. Uh, so that's always got to be a consideration. And for Flex, having Marwin Gonzalez, who he can slot in at like four different positions all across the diamond, like that's got to be huge for him. He can do so many different things with his roster than most play most other owners can, and uh, the versatility there is a huge asset. Not to mention he's, uh, despite every bad thing I've said about Marwin Gonzalez, he's continued to produce. Uh, so you know that's got to be exciting for Flex. It's pretty crazy that he. I know he plays all these positions, but he got eligibility for what is this four positions right out of the gates that so that's that's pretty clutch for him to have and we all remember bagging him for that trade i think i forget with who i think ash acquiring gonzalez so he's proving us wrong um last year and maybe this year so we'll see yeah no kidding uh we'll have to see how that story continues to play out uh both in fantasy and real life in houston what they do with marwin gonzalez <laughs> Uh, but we we do have a couple other matchups that we should look on before moving on to the other things to talk about. Uh, Cam McInnes, speaking of the man with the, the humility to rank himself first in the power rankings, uh, he was taking on... Uh, oh, See, now it's confusing to look at the scoreboard because I just see Cam McInnes, but it's respect for the game, and that doesn't really count. Uh, Cam and Ryan were showing yeah, down in the, the first week. Which I mean, talk about a marquee matchup to start off the season, uh, but it didn't end up being all that close in the end. Cam uh, McInnes, the Wood Farmer, uh, defeated the Mad King Ryan Neeson, three seventy nine point six to two ninety six point six. So big win right off the bat for Cam. Uh, big loss right off the bat for Ryan. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, uh, not really surprised. I that Cam pulled out the W, but I just expected it to be much closer than the final results. But I think this is nothing to be uh, a loss of like this early in the season for Ryan is nothing to be, you know, kind of jump the gun with. Like, I think he'll just, he'll be fine. It sucks that Bumgarner got hurt again. So it looks like this is a reoccurring theme for him, but yeah, Cam just got more dangerous, you know, getting Blackman and uh, when Cruz comes back. So uh, I wouldn't put him ahead of flex, but He's probably behind, or if not, second or third. Uh, well, so a, a couple of points I can jump on right away. First of all, you know, we talk a lot about presumptions in this league and uh, sort of having our uh, our uh, preconceived notions shattered. But when you look at Ryan's team this year, I mean, we're just so used to him being a juggernaut. And I think in a lot of ways, he's taken a step back. And 
Uh, Shirks has got a, a good starting lineup, especially in terms of batters, but is not quite as dominant as he's been in other years. And his starting pitcher has a pitching rotation. He's lost a step there. He doesn't have that, you know, top-down domination that he once did. So uh, I think Ryan might be a, a team that's head for a fall here and uh, didn't look great in this matchup against Cam. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and how he manages to bounce back from this. On the other hand, I think Cam does have a lot of holes uh, as a result of the Blackman trade, but he's done a very admirable job of filling them. He's gotten a couple of guys who, you know, aren't are, aren't sung heroes. He's got that Joe Maurer uh, first base playing utility for him. Joe Maurer is not a sexy pick, but he's a guy that's going to get you consistent points, and that's <laughs> uh, something that I think Cam does – very well is looking past the hype, looking past the numbers, uh, and really seeing what these guys can produce on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I think that's a, a real core strength of his. Hmm. But that's an interesting take on Ryan. Um, curious to hear from your point of view because we heard what uh, you know Jeremiah and Adam feels about where the Mad King kind of ranks within our league. Where where do you see kind of Ryan this year? I mean, I, it's honestly too soon to tell in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that he's got a good chance to have a, mm-hmm. a big comeback matchup this week and, you know, put up a big point total and, and move to one and one and really reset the, the conversation around his team. But right now, it, it could be a situation. I don't want to say he's going to, you know, struggle to make the playoffs, but he, he definitely, at this moment, seems like he's a step back from being the, the championship elite contender that he once was and there there have been some other teams that have passed him but uh yeah overall it's just a situation where he's not quite at that elite level that he was last year and the year before Mm. very interesting Uh, so i did mention cam's other team uh and we can talk about that matchup now because we've got uh the the team known as respect for the game that is sort of effectively managed by cam although not exclusively uh, respect for the game, taking on Jeffrey Lim in a um, early season matchup of two teams not expected to do overly well this season. Uh, it was respect for the game getting that that crucial first win, uh, 346.9 to 224 for Lim. Uh, I mean, both of these teams obviously uh, look to be to be Vaz contenders, but did this uh, matchup change anything for you, Jamil? Yeah, like both are for sure. Like looking like a Vaz contenders, but 346, that's that's pretty huge for, well, I would say like a coming up party, but it's Cam. But it's just, if it was another owner, it would be a nice entrance into the league. But how does that, what is what is the update on that? If, if you know, if since you're, maybe you know more than me, but what is the, what's the deal with that, um, that team for the whole season? Is it going to be with Cam the whole year or? Uh, my understanding is it's going to be sort of – it's like when Major League Baseball and the Expos, you know. Uh, it's going to be run by the league office, and Cam's not going to be managing that team against himself. But uh, in general, it's going to uh, sort of lay lay in this state for the season. Uh, and then hopefully when we've got a couple new managers coming in next season, this can be one of the teams that gets picked up because uh, it's way easier to add new owners in bunches. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully that's something that we can look forward to next season is a, a turnover in this team. Uh, but for right now, like you said, the, a big point total in week one, uh, a couple of really good individual performers. And I, I, I have no insider knowledge of how Cam intends to run this team and what sort of plans he has for the 
management style when it comes to things like trades. But if he's looking to just collect a couple of good individual players that he can trade away for draft picks or prospects to really cement this rebuild, uh, I think this is a, a good way to do it. And he's got a couple of individuals that will be worth something come trade deadline time. And in a way, he he can manage his team into kind of be that spoiler spoiler team where he within when the playoff race is on he's uh this team facing like someone like a ryan or someone like you and happens to pull out w kind of helps his case so it's interesting to see like you say um like you said how he's going to manage his team and what's going to happen when he faces himself what's is it just Uh, i think in that situation jathish takes over the day-to-day of the team uh or or maybe flex or maybe both of them. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. Uh, but the point is, uh, I think here's a bold prediction for you. Uh, in a similar way to the way Jatish came on strong at the end of last season and ended up sort of taking Europa by storm, I think that could turn into respect for the game, where uh, either you know Cam gets bored of his other team and focuses a lot on this one, or uh, there's some sort of larger plan in place. But I I think this could be a surprise team that is able to both play spoiler, like you said, but also take it up to the next level and uh, really sort of challenge for uh, that mid-tier prize. I can see that. He's, he's got a lot of young pieces and, you know, rising stars, and I think his prospects are pretty solid. So, yeah, like I, he could be a – this team could be a good uh, huge mm-hmm. surprise team, like kind of like Justice, like you mentioned. Uh, so we've got a couple more matchups to to touch on. Uh, we've got Tillo taking on Jeffrey Chow, the league disgrace, uh, and disgrace he did because Tillo won uh, fairly easily, two seventy four to two fifty two point one. Not a great start for Chow, and obviously he's made some drastic moves since then. But uh, what do you think about the the week one performance for each of these teams? This was one I was kind of eyeing on, kind of more than everybody else, because you know both from the Jeffrey Jungle. And I was kind of interested of who was going to take week one. And I was kind of surprised with both teams with low to, um, scoring totals. This is where usually I face one of these teams to begin the season, and I scored more than both of them. So it would have been nice to face one of them this uh, last week. But, hey, what can I do? But, yeah, um, Richard taking it, he's kind of on the rise. Like, you know, Adam shared in the last podcast that he's on the Tillow hype, tr- hype train. and um, I can see why his team is very promising, and for Chow, um, we'll see kind of where his uh, team stands right now. If he's full on rebuild or full on like kind of mid fringe um, contender. So, what do you think? I mean, these are clearly two teams heading in opposite directions. Tillo's a guy who's been a doormat in the league for a little while, but now some of his pieces are growing and maturing and actually starting to produce on a regular basis. So uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see him move up in the world a little bit this season. Chow uh, has had a a legendary run in this league, but now it's uh, gotten to a point where it's pretty clear that he needs to take a step back and uh, if not fully rebuild, at least recalibrate and look to uh, add some youth and some new blood to his team. So uh, based on this result, uh, it looks like there's a, a changing of the guard actively in progress in the Jeffrey jungle. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, I guess we'll talk about the trades in a minute. But overall, I'm interested to see what happens from here and whether Tillo is able to keep winning and whether Chow uh, ends up losing a couple in a row. And I've been curious to ask this because I don't know if you – uh, it's been brought up in on Slack or on previous podcasts, but uh, looks like Tillo has 
a uh, second owner bueno is that his boy or something or what's the deal with that uh i have absolutely no idea uh <laughs> bueno no inside take it bueno suave uh i i i don't know the the how real this, this person <laughs> is uh, i have no idea but uh if bueno you are listening to this love to have you on the show uh really love to hey. pick your brain Maybe a better known uh, second owner episode. I don't know. <laughs> better Noah Cohen, know co-owner, the, the spinoff series. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. So uh, Jeremiah, who is not with us, uh, would have loved to have him on this episode just to talk about his matchup because he was another team that got in tough in week one. Uh, but he did indeed pull out a victory, 294.6 to Garth McInnes' 286.3. Uh, so a, a very tight shave, and both teams under 300 points. Uh, but uh, Jeremiah did pick up the win there. Uh, Jamil, what are what do you have to say about our co-host? What's he got to be thinking right now? Yeah, he may have pulled out the W, but this was like disappointing in in some ways. Where you can hear from his tone and the uh, his take on this matchup in the previous podcast that he had this in the bag, pretty much saying this was a bye week for him. But uh, yeah, winning by eight points, nothing to be proud of here, Mr. Jeremiah. So uh, might have uh, underestimated uh, Mr. Garth McInnes here. Mm-hmm. Well, especially Jeremiah with his bats getting less than 100 points in a 10-day week. That's that's embarrassing. That's not what, something you want to see. <laughs> uh, I don't even know about that. <laughs> and just looking at his lineup, like there's – uh, not a lot of guys who did especially well, like Josh Reddick, 26 points. I mean, if that's your top batter, that's that's not really good considering the talent he has. So in one sense, that's a, a good position to be in because hopefully that just means it's a slow start for a couple guys on your team and that when things get going, you'll really be cooking. But in another sense, uh, Jeremiah has had a, a very high aspiration for himself. Uh, and based on previous podcasts, he really seems to see himself in a, a higher tier than the rest of the division. So uh, narrow escapes like this don't exactly bode well for his future success. Yeah. It's just, it's tough with Jeremiah and cause you don't know where he, where he sways one day. He's just one thing and like, you want to believe in it and then he'll convince you. Otherwise he's adding guys like Castillo, who all of a sudden has a middle name in there, Luis Miguel Castillo now. So like, you know, <laughs> random stuff for jeremiah <laughs> yeah jeremiah sort of all over the map right now and uh uh frankly i don't think he knows which way he's going right now but uh it'll be interesting to see based on this matchup whether that leads to a, a more fixed change in direction uh and garth mckinnis i guess we should say a few words about him too i mean i know cam is is very hyped about his old man and it's adorable to <laughs> see how much he loves his dad but uh, I just don't think he's he's got some good pieces on his team, but he doesn't have a championship caliber team. Maybe playoffs. It's a bit of a stretch right now, but uh, you can't you know say that much about the roster of a man who's not going to trade. Uh, and yeah, so his abilities for self improvement are pretty limited. This is just a scenario. Well, I think he's been in our league probably like since the beginning, and it's just like nothing has changed from my like from my take like i've i see his team and like his ceiling is oh it's always going to be the same and he's going to perform around the same and unless you know like you said activity happens miraculously and yeah i just don't see any any changing of the guard or anything 
drastic happening with his team. Well, and he really latches on to certain players, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, in some cases would be good. Like he saw Jackie Bradley Jr. rise from a nobody to a, a real fantasy asset. And then uh, he could have traded him if he'd been any other owner, but didn't. And now Jackie Bradley Jr.'s stock has fallen a bit. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to sort of watch the uh, – the bubble effect that happens with Garth McInnes' team. And, you know, there are some guys that just are never going to end up with a, a different fantasy home at this point. So uh, that's interesting to watch. But, man, if Garth made some trades, he could he could really have something here. He could definitely make some noise if he made some moves here and there. And if he makes, like, I don't know, there should be some sort of, like, bet with, I don't know, with anybody, if if this team makes the playoffs without any moves, that's got to be some sort of accomplishment. So, so. There's something for that, but I just don't see it. Yeah, if he can win his way, that's very impressive. But uh, like you, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I'm not buying what he's selling. <laughs> uh, so we've got one more week one matchup to talk about uh, real quick. We'll, we'll get this one in. Uh, and it's another surprising one, not in terms of results, but in terms of totals. Because Ian Steads, I guess, Stadelman uh, and the Chad School Ooh. put up 390.4 points. A huge point total. Wes... Somehow not able to match that uh, 232.4. So huge win for Ian and with a a huge point total to start the year. So uh, after redrafting his entire team, now that's got to feel good for him, I bet. Yeah, he's definitely graduating from the Vaz now. (laughs) Um, Otani looking like a beast in the first week. Um, The question is, can it last? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, looking at Ian's team, I think this is a very interesting experiment because the odds of us ever seeing a team completely revealed through the draft like that again are, are slim to none, I think. But for him, it especially, it's been a situation where he's got, you know, Otani, obviously, and he's got a couple of really good pitchers and he's got some very good bullpen pieces. He's built a... a like likewise a, a very good bullpen but then where he has holes those holes are are very strongly felt so to see him be able to take all of that and turn it into huge points in week one is impressive do you think i know he made that deal to uh trade away rivero do you think he should uh hold hold off on that and kind of see where his team uh goes for for a bit and ride maybe if this continues ride kind of the wave see where it goes or do you think that was a good move I mean, you sort of have to judge these things in their context, right? And you'd only know so much about how your team is going to do. And you can believe in yourself all you want, but there's no real guarantee that you're going to be as successful as you think you're going to be. So uh, I think sometimes you just got to take what's out there. And if you think a trade is going to make you better, then uh, do that deal. And, you know, you can't always wait on these things. Sometimes you just got to snatch one up. And so... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see now uh, how the the tone changes in Ian's trades and whether he starts looking uh, seriously to you know harvest more pieces, so to speak. Fair enough, fair enough. I will say that his team was already kind of solid beforehand, but him uh, Jathish throwing in a bone, giving him pretty much a note, helps a lot. So he's off to a good start, also. So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, I mean, I think it's the same thing we said all last season. Wes uh, got oh, some boy. talent. He's got some guys who really could be something, but he's just not a good manager right now. And it's clear his focus is not on the, the FlexFox Fantasy Federation. Uh, and the results show that. I just have no words for, for Wes. I don't know what happened. He's probably the one owner 
that's fallen off the wagon quickly from like past years. I don't know what he's used to be, you know, kind of up there and would kind of contend here and there. But man, the last couple of years has has been rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We'll be right back to the episode. But first, let me take this opportunity to tell you about today's sponsor, Big Mike's Life Tips. Big Mike's Life Tips is your one-stop shop for advice on the internet. No matter what your problem is, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you can find help and solace at Big Mike's Life Tips. You can visit them online at BigMikesLifeTips.com. Once again, that's BigMikesLifeTips.com. Thank you very much to Big Mike's Life Tips for sponsoring this episode. Okay, now back to the good stuff. So we've we've talked about trades a little bit here, but do you want to talk uh, more about some of the big trades that have gone down in the the oh, past, yeah. basically like three days? Sure. Let me pull up Slack here for a second. Uh, well, so I'm I'm just gonna let's just look at the ones from today, frankly, because that's the the big news. Uh, which is mm-hmm. that uh, first off, we've got. Uh, a trade between Chow uh, and Kaminsky, where Kaminsky gets Scherzer, Machado, Kinsler, Britton, and Arietta, uh, along with some uh, whatever picks and prospects don't matter. Uh, so in exchange for that haul, Chow gets Stanton, Bregman, Drury, Nova, and Ross, uh, and more prospects and picks. Uh, so just that deal on its face. I mean, what do you make of that? This was... I don't know. This was like crazy blockbuster. I think from what I remember, this happened yesterday and I was currently getting a haircut and this thing popped up and I had to stop my barber for a second. <laughs> no, no, no lie. I had to stop him and I had to read everything, all the names involved. So that's how massive this deal was. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I firsthand, I think Chow wins this one. Like, Getting, I know Stanton's struggling right now, but getting a player of that caliber back and a young Bregman plus the prospects that's that looks that's looking like a win for for Kaminsky. It obviously helps his championship chances, but the long term uh, win goes to Chow, in my opinion. Uh, first of all, love that you had to stop your haircut for the this breaking news. That's the kind of dedication to the league I'd like to hear. Yeah. Uh, see, see, I think yeah. I'm going to disagree a little bit. I'm going to say that Kaminsky, I mean, getting Scherzer, Machado, uh, Arietta, and then Kinsler and Britton also good, but getting all that value without having to give up Trout or Kershaw, like that's huge for him. And I know he's been circling Chow for ages, and the two of them have been going at it over these trade tucks. So for them to finally reach yeah. a deal uh, and for just seeing the haul that Kaminsky got, uh, I think that's big for his team. Sure, he gave up Stanton. Uh, and some other value, but like he just such an upgrade for his team this season that uh, instantly he's in the conversation for one of the the best teams in the league. Oh, definitely. I'm not saying um this was a bad move or anything, but this this is an impressive haul, like you said. This is he puts it up there with a crazy rotation, pretty much. Kershaw, Scherzer, Verlander, Darvish, Arietta. That's five aces you can argue in one team. Plus, you throw in Trout. And all those other bats, so that's that's impressive. But I'm I'm just saying in terms of long term, I think Chow did a very good job, uh, getting a good haul back as well. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Kaminsky, that's a bold. It's a big yeah. move. Yeah. Well, uh, you're right though. The Chow did get a, a good return for what he gave up. 
but we shouldn't get too attached to those guys being on Kaminsky's team because there oh, was yeah. yet another move to be made this time between oh. Jeremiah and Kaminsky, where now Jeremiah is the owner of Machado and Arietta uh, and Hiranu uh, in exchange for Lindor, Shaw, and Feria going to a champion. Um, Kaminsky, uh, along with prospects and some picks, but uh, obviously more prospects going to Kaminsky in this one. But man, that's a an interesting move on Kaminsky's part. I, I'm not sure. How do you feel about that as a follow up? Man, I don't know. This was more of like, like when I saw this, I was like, why? Might as well just kind of wait it out, see how your your new players do. Um, I think Jeremiah asked me last night who who I who I preferred between Machado and. Lindor, I didn't know this thing was gonna get pulled. Uh, it was gonna happen quickly, but I like Machado better. Um, I don't know why Kaminsky was so quick to kind of get rid of him, and Lindor. It's Lindor is a good young player, but it's hard to see him repeat kind of the power that he showed last year. So, what do you th- what do you think of this um, quick move? A quick judgment, a strong one, but like you, I just think it might be a little bit too much too soon. Uh, Lindor is good, and he's young. He's got youth on his side. But, I mean, to to take what was a, a solid top-to-bottom team and give up two really good pieces in Machado and Arietta in exchange for him, uh, I mean, that's just a, a lot in my point of view. And uh, Travis Shaw, my feelings about him are well-known. I, I don't think he's much of anything. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, I remember the hot garbage comment. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that hasn't been forgotten. Uh, so he's no Machado. And really, I think that, you know, whatever Kaminsky got back, like you said, if he'd just waited a week and then thought to himself, okay, now it's time to make this deal, that would be one thing. But to instantly flip part of that that big haul he got from Chow uh, in this manner, I, I think that's a little bit possibly regrettable on his part. Very, very premature. I feel like it hasn't even been 24 hours since he's gotten Machado and, and mm-hmm. Arietta. I, I I didn't realize that Arietta was in this deal actually, because I I do remember um, saying that Kaminsky would have had five aces on his team. So yeah, I mean that. I know Kaminsky is is still very happy even without Arietta. He from my talking to him a, a little bit, he's still very convinced that he's got a, a top to down solid rotation and that he's not concerned about pitching going forward. But man, oh man, with Arietta that could have really been something. Yeah, I don't know very. Very curious move. Hope, hopefully, we'll hear back from him and kind of mm-hmm. he kind of well, explains and, you himself. Know, uh, the results are going to speak for themselves. And he had a, a good win in the first week of the season, but uh, going into week two, it'll be interesting to see if he can build on that and uh, expand and and really have a a big week for his team now that he's got some new players. Uh, so speaking mm-hmm. of next week, I think we can jump right into that now. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about Kaminsky first because he's been the topic of conversation so far. He's in a matchup against RKR. Kaminsky has one win. Uh, RKR has one loss. Uh, sort of uh, as we're recording this on Monday night, Kaminsky is up early on, twenty nine point seven to seventeen point five for RKR. Who you got, Jamil? Man, it's hard. It's hard to not pick Illuminati here. Um, like you probably think it's too too soon to kind of. See, RKR has kind of lost his touch, but I'm just going to stick to that comment, and I'm going to go Kaminsky with a should be a very uh, so I don't decisive think, win. Uh, RKR's voodoo magic is dead. I think he's got a, a strong chance after this week of reeling off four or five wins because he's got uh, West Lim, Ian, 
uh, Ash and Tillo coming up after this. So there, there are definitely some wins to be had in there. But you're right. I think this is a tough one. And even if the, the trade doesn't immediately pay off for Kaminsky, I think he's got enough talent to win this one. So uh, I'm going with him too. Yeah. Uh, so another team uh, obviously involved in those big deals was Chow. Chow is taking off on Chris this week. Uh, so uh, two surprises in different ways from week one going Ooh. against each other. Uh, but it's Chow who's up early, 42.8 points to 15.2 for Kennedy. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Hmm, this is another division uh, matchup. I think – oh, it's Chow is up 42.15. But I'm going to go – I'm gonna go with my statement of uh, underrated Chris underrated Kennedy, and I, I think he can pull this one out again. Mm. I mean, it's interesting to note that uh, the that point total from Chow is using no starts, whereas after today, Chris Kennedy will have used two starts. So that's a big advantage for Chow. Uh, as much as I want to pick him uh, oh. and really see uh, Chow is sore in this one, I, I think I'm gonna stick with Chris Kennedy too. I feel like. Despite this slow day for him, uh, he's got enough talent, and he's going to continue to surprise in the early part of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, like I, I was surprised. I'll be interesting to see how far he, Chris's uh, team takes this, and and also Chow's kind of state of what happens after that deal he made. So we'll see. Mm. Uh, so we got two big bounce back teams. Uh, someone's going to get a win after this one. Uh, so two one loss teams, Aiden and Ryan going head to head. Aiden is up in the early going, nineteen point one points to negative point eight points negative. for Ryan. Oh, make that negative point three points. Uh, he's closing back in on zero. So, uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this one? Oh man, maybe this one. We'll kind of ride out on starts as well. But uh, I don't know. It's hard. Like, uh, I get your point of your um, your whole thing with Ryan. But I, it's, it's just hard not to choose him over Aiden at, uh, at this stage. So I'm going to go Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I know I did a lot of burying for both these teams. Uh, so it's hard to pick one now afterwards. Uh, I think they both have issues. But if I'm looking at the teams on paper and – uh, sort of based on their their week one performance, I, I definitely think that Ryan has an edge here, uh, and so you know they they're similar stories in that they're not quite as good as they think they should be, or that people think they should be, or people think they are. But even in that, I think that Ryan's still the definitively better team, and that will probably mean a win for him here in week two. We got a. Uh, an interesting matchup here, another divisional matchup from the Evil Division of Evil, because we got Garth McInnes taking on Cam McInnes's respect for the game team, uh, and Garth McInnes uh, looking to uh, avenge his uh, previous performance. He's put up fifty three point two points today, nine point six for Cam McInnes and respect for the game. Uh, so, who you got in this one? Yeah, I see thirty points from Kluber today, so that's that's good, um, man. This is – if I didn't see the score, this would be a toss-up. But it looks like Garth's off to a good start. But you know what? I'm actually still going to pick respect for the game. I think, he, I think uh, like we mentioned, it could be a good surprise team, and the surprise shall continue. See, I'm, I'm going to go with Garth, uh, Garth McInnes. Obviously, he had the big day today, and that's going to help him out overall in the week. But I think respect for the game, despite their good point total in week one, uh, still, uh, like Garth McInnes is uh, an eccentric owner, but he's still got some talent. He's still got some guys who can deliver. So 
uh, respect for the game is going to have to eat some losses at some point. And I think this is one of those early matchups that not going to go well. So uh, I'm picking Garth McInnes. I like it. Going opposite picks. Uh, so uh, interesting uh, to see if we'll go opposite picks here again because we've got Tillo taking on Jathish. Uh, Jathish 0-1, Tillo 1-0. and uh, And Tillo is up early, 26.5 points to 12.5 points for Jathish. Uh, Jamil, your thoughts? Man, 26.5. Um, I think... As much as I also want to be on the Tillo hype train, <laughs> um, I think Jatish will get his bounce back, uh, a bounce back win after uh, being humbled by you last week, and he'll t- he'll pull this one out somehow. I I I think his team is good enough, and he's gonna prove it by defeating a you know up up and coming team like Tillo. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I'd, I'd love to see Tilla win again, uh, Jathish, I think, is at least for now going to be a 500 team with a win here. Uh, I'm going to take him. Uh, I think he'll be able to bounce back. Although I'm very interested in seeing what the overall point total is for both teams in this one because uh, I think it could go either way with maybe both teams putting up big 300-point weeks or maybe it's a, mm. a more of a defensive struggle. But it'll be one to watch for sure. And uh, uh, But, yeah, like you, I have Jathish winning in the end. I could kind of see this uh, kind of being like your your matchup like last week. I don't think it'll be as high, obviously, but I can see it being close till the end. And um, I think Jatish ultimately will take it, take it, uh, take the W. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely can see that happening. Uh, speaking of defensive struggles, though, we've got one early on here between Ash and Garth Newton. Ash one and zero after that big upset victory last week. Garth Newton losing to Kaminsky is zero and one. Uh, and right now, Ash has 9.3 points, uh, 7.6 for Garth Newton. So neither team up in those double digits yet. Uh, but it's early. So what are your thoughts? Who's going to be able to drag out a victory here? Yeah. What a barn burner we got on. Um, Ash. Actually, I'm going to take Garth Newton this one. He he did just – he barely lost to Kaminsky. And I can see him putting up a good fight here and – Taking down Ash, and we'll see if this is the Ash of old, and in terms of his star, uh, managing skills, and I think Guard uh, can take this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, both these teams have been disrespected, uh, and their week one <laughs> performances maybe aren't indicative of the larger trends surrounding them. Uh, I think that probably Ash is going to win. Uh, I think it it could very much go either way. I would not be surprised to see Garth Newton uh, pick up the win. But, I mean, Ash has the hot starting pitchers right now, uh, and that plays a, a large role, especially early in the season. So I uh, would not be surprised to see him use that advantage and uh, uh, take home a, a second win here, which would be a, obviously a great start to the season for him. So as much as I can you know, see Garth Newton possibly taking it, I'm going to stick with my pick and go with Ash. Fair enough. I think this is also a matchup that you know uh, you pointed out. Any both teams could take this one, so uh, I wouldn't argue your points mm-hmm. there. Uh, <clears throat> so now here's a, another matchup. Uh, we've got Cam McInnes's the Wood Farmer team up against uh, Wes. Uh, and normally I would say this would be a steamroll for Cam, except right now Wes is up thirty point three points to Cam McInnes's twenty eight. So that's a 
an early lead for West, not maybe what people were expecting. So is it is it not going to be a steamroll, Jamil? Is it, am I wrong? Is West going to get its first victory of the season here? Oh, man. In the words of The Rock, it doesn't matter. He's up by three, man. It's this is like, this is this is an easy steamroll. I can just cannot see Wes pulling this one out. It would take some, not even voodoo magic. What kind of? I don't know. You need some next level wizardry for him to pull this one off. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'd love to see Wes humble Cam a little bit, uh, I I don't think it's going to happen either. There's just not any sort of active management on Wes's part, and Cam Cam, despite this unfortunate start uh has the tools to uh put put things away late so uh, i think it's going to just come down to margin and if west can keep it close that's going to be a victory for him but not an actual victory because cam is going to win yeah no other thoughts there <laughs> uh so we've got a uh your matchup next jamil you're taking on jeffrey Lim, uh another sort of uh, minnow proverbially <laughs> in the league uh, and you're up uh, on day one 23.9 points to 10.9 for Jeffrey Lim uh, are you feeling confident that this is going to be your, your first win of the season it's just like man I don't know what's what's happened to Lim um, hopefully he's you know doing well in his life but uh, I just I just saw this week uh, as a bye week uh, I'm sorry to, for just calling you out bud but i I thought this was a perfect week to kind of bounce back from the L I took, and I should be able to have this one. Yeah, I mean, you had some bad luck there in week one uh, with the result you had, but uh, I, I do agree that this is a good bounce back opportunity for you. And if you can't beat Jeffrey Lim, uh, I got to say you got some problems, man. So uh, hopefully you're able to, to get that solid W this time. Honestly, I might have to rethink my whole process here if that happens, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> Uh, so our our uh, I'll, I'll look at my matchup as the penultimate matchup. Uh, I'm taking on Jeremiah this week, uh, something I'm very happy about considering some recent comments Jeremiah has made about my team. Uh, <laughs> so I, it'll be nice to maybe use that bulletin board material from my boys and uh, really motivate them in this one. Uh, I am up early, uh, 34.8 points to 16.9 for Jeremiah. Uh Jamil, before I, I say more trash about Jeremiah, do you have a, <laughs> anything you want to say about this one? Yeah, I think uh, Jeremiah was humbled by uh, Garth McInnes's attempt last week, and I think he's gonna he's gonna eat his words because I think your team is coming in coming in hot. And right now, by the way his activity is, like he's probably gonna make more trades within the week and kind of ruin his momentum. And I. I can see you taking this one for sure. Uh, yeah, that's completely true. Uh, I'm hot and he's not. Uh, he's got some more changes coming his way. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take advantage of this. Obviously, I'd, I'd like this to be sort of a matchup where I'd be eliminating him from the playoffs, for instance. Uh, that would be very fun, but not very feasible in week two. So I'm happy if I can uh, get a solid W here and hopefully keep that points total growing because that was something that held me back down the stretch last season was a, a low overall points total. So if I can rack up some big points early, that'll uh, be reassuring for me. Yeah, I could – the thing about – you mentioned it. Like last year, you put up kind of like lower point totals like than people expected. But I, I can see your team this year, this year definitely not repeating that. Like I can see you maybe in the – uh high numbers this year and once in a while you'll have maybe one couple of duds but 
I can see that happening for sure. Mm-hmm. One last season, uh, just in my case, there was a situation where at the very start of the year, I lost a bunch of matchups in the row and uh, had some absolute stinkers in there where I didn't get very many points at all. So uh, here's hoping that this is a, a positive change and I'm going to start off with both some W's, but more importantly, some overall points that will help me down the stretch. So our, our final matchup and what I I would deem to call the, the matchup of the week uh, two teams that came out really hot had huge point totals to start the season. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Flexbox and Stads, I guess, Stadelman, uh, going at it in this uh, a big week two matchup. Uh, but early on, it looks like Flex is the, the cream of the crop here because he's got 39.5 points to negative 5.8 for Stads. Not the, the hot start to this particular matchup that Stads would have wanted. Uh, Jamil, who you got in this one and why? Yeah, despite the you know the ugly negative point five point eight, I still would have probably took Adam here. He's he's looking like he's about to steamroll the first couple of weeks, and it's hard to, it's hard to argue right now with uh, Harper and you know Dylan Bundy is off to a crazy start. So I'm gonna have to go Adam. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I th- I think you're right. Even without today's matchup fa- or factoring in, and the point totals we're at right now. Um, Stad's got big points uh, in the last week, but uh, it's hard to see him continuing that indefinitely. And as we get into the the real meat of the season now in the second week, that could change very quickly for him. And Flex has showed no signs of showing slowing down. Uh, and even having to deal with some injuries, he's been more than competent with that. So I would expect him to pick up another one here. And while we're just talking about um, Adam here, I think – it was mentioned yesterday or today on Slack that there was a bet between him and Kaminsky that might be able to top your little Tabasco uh, sauce bet that you had in the past. Where Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes, but continue. Yes, so I think it's been pinned now. So I think the deal was if they meet in the playoffs and Kaminsky uh, loses, he will uh, on. Uh, let me read it. He would quote fly to San Diego and let uh, Flex slap him. <laughs> uh, I'm frankly so excited about this. Uh, <laughs> that that is a matchup uh, I we would have to see the absolute yes. dream matchup in the playoffs. Uh, I do like the escalation in the bets in the league, uh, but I also do think that specifically could be a pretty good tradition. In that, uh, in the playoffs, you get eliminated. You have to travel to your eliminator and let them slap you on video. <laughs> uh, that could be great for league content and just sort of a fun tradition to start. Uh, and you yeah, that... really hope you don't lose to a guy like Flex, who's halfway across the continent. So, uh, yeah, I, I really hope that all parties involved are serious about going through with this and that we do get this situation. So if the fantasy baseball gods are listening, it would be great for you to shine down a, a little fortuitous luck on us here. Yes, that would be definitely a, be a must-see must TV. <laughs> no kidding. Definitely something that I'd want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, obviously, I'm happy to be back once again. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I want to thank Flex. I know I made some comments about his hosting abilities in my absence, but he was a, a very willing volunteer, and I appreciate him stepping up to the plate. Uh, and so definitely kudos to him for that. Uh, but happy to be here. Jamil, uh, great to have you as always. Any parting thoughts from you? 
Yeah, and also glad to be back. I think uh, first appearance this season back on the podcast. And, you know, Adam did a good job, but the man needs to take his chair back. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm very comfortable in this chair indeed. Uh, and so I guess on on behalf of all of us here uh, at FlexFox Broadcasting, it's time to say those famous words once again. Good night and good fantasy.